1: recording in progress so what am i doing okay it's recording hello everyone <laughs> <laughs> today I have, I have a very handsome guest his name is andrew c steyer i i'm mad that you put your middle initial <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay here's the thing so hey everyone i'm andrew i'm excited the reason i have to put my middle initial sometimes is there's yeah. another andrew steyer who is out there who has a phd who is publishing and oh, he's like really? I've never met him I don't know who he is but he's like my rival because he has so many more publications than there are so many more citations than me and more publications
1: hey sometimes you got to use that to your own advantage and like just just take <laughs> just be like <laughs> yeah I did all those things and then put on your own resume oh my god <laughs> <laughs> there's another Darien Wynn in California who studied computer science and so we're both science people, and I think he published. He's active on Reddit. I think he made like a post complaining about his lab and his old lab. And like, oh my gosh, like his experiences in his old lab is kind of similar to mine. But I really hope that people know that that daring wind isn't me. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah. So
0: that, <laughs> especially okay. if he's like. That
1: <laughs> Wait, let me let me fucking introduce you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> today's, <laughs> today's guest is Andrew C. C. D's nuts. C. Steyer. <laughs> oh
0: my, my mom's gonna listen to this.
1: <laughs> Andrew C. Steyer received his PhD in electrical and computer engineering. From the University of Texas at Austin. Slay! Slay them horns! <laughs> he specializes in supervised machine learning and deep learning. And his graduate research applied these techniques to sub-diffuse spatial frequency domain imaging. Holy, that's a handful. Yeah. Sub-diffuse <laughs> spatial frequency domain imaging. Like, I understand each word separately, but not together. It just means gibberish to me. <laughs>
0: It's a whole thing. <laughs>
1: and in his free time, he enjoys creating comedy and film, and he co-hosts a podcast about queer representation in media called Rainbow Room. Wait, is it called The Rainbow Room or Rainbow Room?
0: So it's called Rainbow Room, but whenever we like introduce it, we're like, welcome to the Rainbow Room.
1: Ah, ah interesting. Wait, when did you start Rainbow Room?
0: Uh, I started it on my 30th birthday. Like, or I guess we started recording before that, but I like wanted to release by my thirtieth birthday. Basically, I'd already thought of like, hey, this would be a good podcast to do. So I'm, I'm gay. I'm so excited to be on this podcast with another queer person in STEM. Like, who? There's not that many of us. So it's who? Like, all, it's, not
1: it's not me. Not
0: <laughs> me. <laughs> oh my god! This is like in Luca, where he like he's like, "You're a sea monster." <laughs> Sorry, that's a deep cut. I just watched Luca for the podcast, so...
1: Is Luca a gay film? Because I don't think it is. I think it's, like, just really close friends. Just roommates. They're just roommates.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's not... And it, like, wasn't even written as a film, but also everyone thinks it's gay. And, like... It's a film that a gay person can really, really connect to. I think it's meant to be like anyone who's ever felt like an outsider can connect to this film. Mm. It just really hits home specifically for gay people, yeah, um, yeah,
1: yeah, so okay, you just reminded me of something. do you like Marvel?
0: I'm not like uh, that's a no that's really a no play. no, no, I don't
1: based on the inflection I, I, that's,
0: that's, that's, that's a, that was a no. I like them, but I have no cred. I could not like I haven't read enough to be like, oh, I'm a comic book person
1: okay, I was gonna say. You need to watch the whole... Well, you need to learn about the whole X-Men series. Like, it's a lot ex- of...
0: No, I love X-Men. Oh my okay, God. okay, okay, okay. X-Men.
1: James Marsden as Cyclops in the 2001 X-Men movie. Literally, my sexual awakening.
0: Really? Yes. It's so funny because my sister and I bond over how much we both love X-Men. And she hates Scott. She hates Cyclops. <gasps>
1: well, wait, wait. The the X-Men first class or the, the no, old no. one? James Marsden? The old
0: one. <gasps> well...
1: Gag.
0: Like, we grew up watching X Men Evolution. Have you seen it? It's so girl, good.
1: yes. Rogue. Rogue is my homegirl. I love that, <laughs> I guess, style of Rogue because she looked really yeah. cool, emo, goth. She's very She badass. is so
0: cool in that one. And also, Kitty Pride, is, Shadow Cat, is so cool in that show. They're, they're also, it's like such a good show. I cut you off. What were you saying? Oh, you were just saying that he's your sexual awakening. And yes, also, the X Men series is so. It's still good, and I'll, I, like, it's also a really good allegory for, like, being gay, and I love it so much.
1: There is one gay X-Men character. Well, I'm sure there's multiple, but there's only one that I'm aware of. Do you know who? Iceman. Oh, Slay. Bobby. Oh, wow. Yes, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby. Yes, I'm, wow, I'm surprised you know him.
0: Yeah, I know a little bit, but I don't know if that's across all canons, but, like, yeah, I read one comic where he was, so. So I, I also do a lot of improv and I directed a like superhero style improv show.
1: Oh, wait, where? Which At where? Hideout theater. <laughs> where's where's High Dot Theater? In Austin? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, wait, yeah, High Hide Dot Theater. It out, so. Why does it sound so familiar? Is it like solely improv or is it just like all types of theater shows? It's solely improv. Okay, never mind. Because I was like, I think I saw Heather's the musical there, but I'm getting confused with another with another venue.
0: The, yeah, the only, like, very occasionally they'll rent out the venue to other people, but it's generally, like, everything Hideout produces is improv.
1: Ah, uh, I see, I see. Now, I mentioned this on your podcast on your recent episode. Was on your recent episode?
0: By the time this comes out, there will probably be other episodes.
1: Oh, yeah, you you invited... Uh... The famous TikToker, what's his name? Kyle. Kyle yes, 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 yes. I'm so proud of you. That's exciting, man. That's very exciting.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, it was really cool because we had already interviewed someone famous.
1: So I mentioned this on your podcast. I really looked up to you when I was an undergrad because you are so good at improv. And I always came to y'all's shows, Giggle Pants. For those that are listening and you go to UT, please continue watching Giggle Pants. They are so, 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 so funny. I, I grew up watching Whose Line Is It Anyway? And just watching Giggle Pants, it was so nostalgic for me, but also it gave me, like, a new flavor of theater. And you guys are just so freaking creative and funny, and I feel like my... I feel like my acting abilities have definitely obviously changed, but also gotten better because after learning some basic rules of improv and watching you guys and just kind of like, I guess like vicariously learning through how you guys improvise, that's how I was able to get better. And you know, the basic improv rule is yes, and yes, and also fun fact, I auditioned for Giggle Pants. I made callbacks, but I did not make the cut. But one of the most important things that I learned during the callbacks was do not try to force the funny just let it organically Mm. happen just try to carry on with the scene and have like real good chemistry with your scene partners and the funniness the hilarity will just naturally come
0: well thank you so much uh your listeners couldn't see this but i was smiling wide the whole time you said that that's that's so extremely nice of you and that's it's really cool that you took lessons from the audition process that like even though you didn't get on the team that like it would still like taught you stuff that you feel like you've carried into your oh yeah, um, yeah work which is awesome and and then the really cool thing is here am i here i am on the flip side <laughs> i have such huge respect for you like as soon as i saw your videos start blowing up um independently like i did not know from you i just like was going through my own day and i was like wait this guy who's in this viral video i know him uh <laughs> it was so, and i love your work you have thank this, you so much You have this one tiktok that or was like a short video that was like um you coming into lab with like different objects and it had this like soundtrack to it i couldn't remember it's probably you have a million videos like this but like it was so well done and i was like bopping to that song like
1: i'm thinking is it pose by naomi smalls you don't watch drag race i forgot you don't watch drag race bad gay i know are you even gay i'm sorry your gay card is revoked
0: give it back to me now yeah, I had a, a TikTok talking about like predicting which pieces of gay media had enough gay men in the writer's room. And that was doing mm. that started doing really well. It was my first TikTok to ever go viral. And I, was, I had never gone viral before. I was like, oh, my God. Um, and I had already thought about doing a podcast about like reviewing gay movies and talking about representation and like whether it seemed authentic or not. Just because I've seen so much media and maybe you have too where it's like you watch something and you're like this isn't getting it right <laughs> oh, yeah. like i went in excited to be represented and i'm sad because it just, just doesn't feel like anyone who yeah. knows anything about the experience was even involved in making it you know that's an extreme but like i've certainly had that feeling before um and so this tiktok started doing well i was like oh other people actually care about this too uh-huh. and then at the same time my co-host who you, you were gracious enough to, invite to be here but he couldn't be here today yeah i love that, it he's so funny he's so funny um he also made a tiktok independently about um i think gossip girl reboot and like the gay representation in that uh show and then Mm -hmm. that tiktok went viral so both Mm -hmm. of us independently were like talking about gay representation and like having lots of engagement and we're like Mm -hmm. i was like hey we should team up and do this and then hey
1: oh my gosh that's so cool that is so neat
0: yeah, and then you and then you came along and and uh, <laughs> raised us with your presence on the pod and I'm so happy to be here with you. And also it's like I'm like really excited to geek out with you about what it's like being a gay person in STEM. Like I totally want to have that conversation.
1: At UT, even though there's a huge student population, I didn't know a lot of gay people in Austin or at UT. Then again, I I feel like I had my close knit of group friends and I hung out with them a lot like mostly Kemp Custom and vsa Vietnamese student association i saw you or i think i met you through brant because brant was the director of magical brant taylor yeah and no he wasn't the the director he was the improv director for magical and then he encouraged me to audition for giggle pants and i think oh i didn't know that i didn't know that
0: okay yeah i I love how you found giggle pants i love brant too brant was my roommate for several years
1: (laughs) (laughs) wait i think that's how i met you I think y'all had um like a party at your house. Spencer was also your roommate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. It's Is that all... how
0: we're finally piecing together? How yeah. We met. <laughs>
1: in in the words of Celine Dion, it's all coming back to me. Wow. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh. You want to hear something funny? I think when I first met you, I was like, "This guy's kind of cute," and then I was like, <laughs> "Let me let me shoot my shot." And me shooting my shot was. Um, never talking to you in person really. <laughs> <laughs> and going home and uh, adding you on Facebook. That's, <laughs> that was me shooting my shot. <laughs> uh, I was extremely that's, shy. That's
0: hilarious. <laughs> How cool that someone so shy is now, like, producing this viral content. Let's
1: oh, no, them. girl. I'm so shy. I think I'm so shy. I, I have... Uh... <laughs> But, I don't know, i'm notably, working on it i'm working on notably, it your <laughs>
0: romantic life worked out which is good yeah
1: hey you walked so my current boyfriend can run <laughs> 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 shut up you know we have to go through all these things in life and experiences so that it helps us build muster up courage to meet the right person and i i feel like i i've I, i don't okay i feel like we're going off on a tangent about our personal lives which is nice yeah. but you know let's let's go back to oh so took- i wanted
0: to, you 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 talked about how like you didn't know many gay people at ut yeah. um and i i did but i didn't know a lot of gay people in science but one thing that like really helped, True, and yeah. it really helped me is the um having organizations that are centered around meeting other gay people in a really healthy way, especially as a freshman, there was this um, thing called hangout um, that it was an organization called hangout that hosted this event called coffee where every Mm. Wednesday at the Starbucks on campus, um, they just invited all the gay people to get together, all the gay students. And it was just truly just to come and hang out. And for me as a freshman, freshly out of the closet to have an environment where I could safely meet that many gay people around my age yeah out 40 year old men trying to hit on me and like Mm. also no alcohol because i was like i didn't know necessarily know if i wanted to drink it was simply just a place to hang out and like it was so wholesome and cute because i could like talk with people and like some of them were cute some of them Mm. i just wanted friendships with but it just like it was it it truly just felt like a really nice, natural way to meet people, and I feel so bad when people's only avenue to meet other gay men is through dating apps.
1: Yeah, I was gonna like, say grinder, grinder, Tinder truly, hinge. Truly, though, what's the other one? Scruff. Uh, uh what?
0: Organizations aren't there. That's truly the like. I, yeah. I know a lot of people who like they use grinder to make friends because that's the only method they know how, and like yeah. grinder is not a healthy way to make friends.
1: Maybe it depends on the person. Maybe there's just someone who can like really lay down boundaries and be like, "I'm not here to hook up. I am here to make friends and slay."
0: Also, the app interface is just awful. Like the ads are so intrusive and constant. I, it's like it makes the app unusable.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of ads and it's like that cartoon game. It's like <laughs> this this balding man who's like um he's like trapped in a room and you have to pull the right uh, you have to like open the right doors, and some of the rooms are like filled with lava and water, and you have to like move the right, you have to like open the right rooms to make sure that he can get out safely without.
0: Oh my god! You know, you know
1: what I mean. You know what game <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about? <laughs> I know exactly what you're talk- I hate that I what I'm
0: talking. About, but I like, I saw it instantly in my mind. But yeah, so I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, or like doing it yourself or organizing it, like having these groups.
1: The only organization I. I I know of it's called Ostem. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Have you heard yeah, I've
0: I've heard of it and I regret never getting involved in it. I I think I was still pretty worried that when I was in an undergrad and even in grad school that me being gay was something that was only going to work against me and something I had to hide. And so mm. and this comes from like it's kind of a mixed bag like where we are right now because there are some industries that I still hear horror stories of, of just like things that like pretty conservative minded things happening. Really? Um, Yeah. Like it's necessarily outright discrimination. It'll be, or like based on race or gender or sexism, but it's more like conservative things like, Oh, you shouldn't wear that shirt. It's like, okay, if we're going down that road, it's like, Mm. there's going to be other problems. And like, so it's just kind of like this, you don't know what subliminal things are at play. Right. Yeah. So that's very scary. But at the same time, there are other companies, especially, so I'm in, I'm in tech. My, my story yeah. basically is that I started in biomedical engineering. So mm-hmm. I was like in that field. And then through those classes, I discovered like, Oh, I really love programming. I love this electrical engineering side and the programming yeah. side. And so then I switched to that for grad school and wow. now I'm full on working at Microsoft. So I am, full on in tech. So Dude, I have I want to all the TT on like my <laughs> advice for all that. Thank you. Thank you. Um
1: wait, where are you based?
0: I am coming at you from Rainy Seattle right now. It's a it's a nice rainy morning. Uh,
1: uh, for some reason I thought coffee. you were in Cali. And I know we talked about this before. I thought you were in Cali. I don't know why. Like San Francisco. Well,
0: yeah, the cool thing about yeah yeah. So I, I did an internship at Twitter. Uh, I did two internships at Twitter uh, in San Francisco, and then oh, um, when I started I see, at I Microsoft, see. I took some time to be a little bit of a digital nomad. So yeah. I stayed in Mexico City for three months, Austin for a, a month, and then I was in LA for a month. So I was in Cali recently. So I want to get back to talking about OSTEM because I never mm-hmm. really got involved with them that much. Oh wait, no, we, re- we, need,
1: we need to we need to tell them the acronym. We can't just say OSEM. Um, it stands for Out in Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics. So I was yeah. like, oh, I don't know why OSTEM reminds me of OCHEM. And I was like, it doesn't stand for Organic Science, Technology, Engineering, Mathematics. It's out in science.
0: Yeah. So there are, I think this is both for people, companies who are looking to increase their diversity and for uh, people who are looking for jobs in In STEM and our game, I think we should really be using more advantage of, of OSTEM. And it's something I never have. And this is, I should probably take my own advice and start getting more involved now that I'm in the industry. Um, But it's, it's really great because a lot of us are hesitant to put that we're gay on our resumes because we don't know if it'll hurt us or our parents are telling us not to. And, and that might even be good advice. Mm. So if you want to increase your diversity because LGBT people are underrepresented in STEM, then it's really good to leverage these types of networks. They will have career fairs at through OSTEM, so you can. That's like a that's like a really safe way for a company to help increase their pipeline and target LGBT candidates. Um, mm-hmm. And because that's I, that's my number one preferred way of increasing diversity anywhere i mean i think you need a multi-pronged approach but I think yeah. the first step is always increasing your candidate pool because you cannot hire lgbt people if they're not applying and so the best way to reach them is through these sort of um events where obviously um there is a chance that people that are going there are not gay but there's a much more likely to be gay and so you can help increase your lgbt representation right, right. by leveraging these communities
1: it makes me wonder if, is OSTEM like a huge organization at large universities like UT and I don't know, U of H and A&M?
0: I, we only know of it through UT. I don't know how, but I'm pretty sure it's like a national organization. Okay, okay. Um, and I, I agree with you. They're Let the only ones I've heard of um, for STEM. There's also, there was a, a gay business org at UT also that um, seemed to be doing stuff.
1: Ooh, because I heard OSTEM through Texas State. Texas State. And I was like, this is a very neat organization. And I wish I had known when I was at UT because I, I was very out and proud. And I didn't know any other gay STEM students.
0: Biomedical engineering had the most openly gay people. Electrical engineering did not.
1: Okay, we get it. You have a lot of friends. Wow. <laughs> this is this was Andrew's way of humble bragging that he has a lot of friends. Wow. You literally came onto my podcast to shit on me. Wow.
0: <laughs> well, no, you were in. That's I think part of this is like you're in what might be a little bit more of a conservative. But I don't want to say conservative field, but it's like you're probably. I think LGBT people are probably more underrepresented in um in your field than they are in mine. Possibly, I'm not sure.
1: I it's hard. It's hard. I feel like what I've seen on Twitter because I specifically, or I guess a lot of my. A lot of the people that I follow on Twitter are, like, LGBT+, also, like, uh, LGBT+, science organizations. But maybe I'm only looking at this group and not looking at, like, maybe the sample size. Oh, I'm mad that I'm using sample size. Maybe the sample size Ah. that I'm looking at (laughs) is just focused on this group and not looking at, like, a randomized um, group. But i like to say that it's definitely gotten more progressive in the past couple of years, but I wouldn't say that it's completely, like, you know, I wouldn't say that it's it's completely diverse. There are still a lot of problems that we got to tackle, um, and there are a lot of labs that need to be more inclusive. But I definitely say that it's it's gotten a lot better. You just reminded me of a story where, with my previous lab, my my old PI was kind of like she was very accepting of who I am, very accepting, but it was like too accepting. <laughs>
0: Or sometimes mm. it was kind of you know this it
1: was like yeah you can do whatever you want you can wear a skirt in, in lab if you want and if you want <laughs> you can play you can play any musical music you want i don't care
0: oh my god
1: but do you know what i mean like-, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you're like
0: i never said i wanted to do any of those things. yeah
1: <laughs> but i love i love the gesture it's very nice of you and i'm glad to know that you're very accepting but uh, <laughs> I mean, yes. bought some
0: nail polish for you. Exactly.
1: You know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. <laughs> she actually did say that one time. Okay. So in, oh in research or in my lab, we have to use like clear nail polish because a- after we're done mounting uh, mouse brain sections, we put them on slides, add cover slips, and then we let the mounting media cure overnight. And then the very next morning, the very next day, we get clear nail polish and we put it over the cover slip to let it like seal And so, a lot of labs that do, like, I guess, that mount sections will have clear nail polish. And she said that one time, too. She's like, you know, if you want to, you can also use it for your own nails. And I was like, at this point, just call me homophobic slur. Oh, my God. (laughs) 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 I think that where I'm at, the labs here are very, very inclusive.
0: That's good. And I'm tech- in, as a field is so good right now I feel like in general about being accepting inclusive um, I'm I'm really enjoying Microsoft Microsoft has a employee resource group for gay people um, that I've been trying oh. and it basically just like a, a group within the company that you can like meet with other gay people I've been trying to like leverage that I want to get more involved in that um, and I'm really also I've been trying to be more authentic and like it's it's so funny cuz like I realize that I even though I'm like out of the closet, um I'm still like wary of it when it comes to my coworkers knowing, which is so stupid. Mm. So like I just yesterday actually, I just told them about my podcast because they were like, really? oh, you know how was your day and I wanted to tell them about my exciting podcast recording. And like it felt scary to like let them know because it's like if you mm-hmm. if you listen to the podcasters, it's all about me being gay. So
1: I mean the question is Have you, have you like accepted yourself? Are you still in the process of trying to accept who you are?
0: I feel like I have, and I feel like I'm making more progress in that, in like being transparent about that. And I I think especially because I used to have a rule where I would never put anything um, explicitly gay online or like I always wanted to keep a layer of plausible deniability mm-hmm. um, so I could always be like oh I'm you know like the closest I got was like I would post stuff of me like being on a, a queer soccer team but mm-hmm. I could still always say if I needed to it's like oh I'm not gay I'm just like you know playing with them because I'm an ally or you know I always felt I this need to have this plausible deniability and kind of slowly but surely I decided like taking the steps to be like you know what I want to be more open. I, I don't wanna have to follow that rule anymore. Yeah. And and now I've almost overcorrected where all my online stuff <laughs> is just about me being gay. But and it's scary sometimes when I like post something on Instagram and I like remember that there are people who will follow me who I maybe haven't like talked about me being gay with yet. It's like, well now they're now everyone's gonna know. Anyone who looks at you know it's it's yeah. all
1: out there. So I totally feel you with that. Like um I never came out to my mom and but I'm sure she knows. Like, girl, come on. You've never come out here? Your- no. No, because I'm scared. I'm scared. But yeah, she watches a lot of my videos. And I think growing up, she just always <laughs> thought that I was quirky. <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I've been hanging out, obviously, with my boyfriend more. And every time I bring him over or whenever we have, like, family dinners or family lunches, I, I bring him along, too. My brother will bring his his girlfriend and my mom will bring her boyfriend. And so obviously, like, you know, we're all bringing our, our significant other. And so my mom at one point even asked me, like, oh, is he is your he boyfriend? And I obviously yes. Oh. But I got so nervous. I got so nervous. And I was like, no, he's just a close friend. She was like, really? Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, so I, I I I don't know. I just feel weird telling telling her these things. And she's like, oh, so where did you meet your friend? And I was like, uh, I met I met him in a in lab research. Oh
0: my God. I
1: know. I know. I got so nervous. And so I I never brought that conversation up again, but I'm, I'm sure she's, she's putting the pieces together because he's been hanging out with my family a lot. And it's come to a point where where my mom will ask me like, Oh, is so-and-so coming to the dinner tomorrow? And Oh, I haven't seen so-and-so for a long time. How's your friend? So like, she acknowledges that he's my boyfriend but i don't think she uses the word boyfriend because i haven't come out to her yet and i don't know i just yeah. don't want, i don't want to have that conversation because it's so weird and awkward <laughs> uh,
0: darian that that breaks my heart i mean the good news is it sounds like she is respecting what you are telling her um, because she asked if he was your boyfriend and you said no and so I think she's trying to respect the language that you want to use
1: I know Um, but
0: it also sounds like she would be open to it I really uh
1: I know I'm a little bitch I'm a little bitch boy
0: (laughs) it's it's really it's really really scary coming out to to your parents or anyone it can be it's just like a really scary thing and like even with even if they basically already know it's like it's hard when i when i first started coming out of the closet i like had to practice saying i am gay in the mirror because that language was just so foreign to me it like wasn't something i was ready to say um and so it's it's hard but <laughs> you should totally I know, come out to her I record know. it monetize
1: ah! it <laughs> oh no no <laughs> No, I okay. Um, All right, I
0: would love to have you and your mom on my podcast and have you come out to her. Oh my, my fucking god! No, tender, no, outfit. no, uh, no.
1: <laughs> no. Okay, but
0: joke, jokes aside, jokes aside, I um, I'm a huge proponent of of coming oh, out to he, your parents, and I think it really, even yeah. like if you feel like it doesn't matter, I feel like it's such a it becomes such a huge step in your relationship to let them know that you've taken down that barrier that between y'all and that like you trust her. Mm-hmm. with that information i feel like that will really grow your bond um oh and i'm yeah, sorry that it's definitely. been so hard oh, no. for you to, to have that conversation
1: i think it's also like within asian culture it's just hard to really open up to your parents to that level but my family is a bit more americanized so it's much easier to to bring up top. like mental health it's like a huge topic that just asian parents will not acknowledge like it's not real oh, you're depressed <laughs> you're depressed go to sleep you know uh, you're you're depressed it's it's because you keep hanging out that one friend you keep hanging out that one friend you keep you keep going out too much you keep you keep getting that's why you're depressed yeah (laughs) like i this is some tea you you as a white person probably will understand but to my to my asian listeners i think y'all will understand where i'm coming from and i think just like talking about sexuality like that is also it's within that realm where it's hard to to fully talk about that. But my mom is Americanized, so she, I think she's she's learning, she's understanding. But will I come out to her soon? I don't know. Maybe. I also told myself that I would come out to my mom once I have a boyfriend. And now that I have a boyfriend, I keep brushing it off. Like, um, maybe once we hit like a a, a one year mark, then when things get very very serious, uh, then then I'll tell her i'll just keep brushing it off until like um yeah once we get married then i'll tell her i'll tell her at the wedding
0: <laughs> you're not the first person to tell me that it's it's hard in different cultures i had a latino friend who was not out to his parents and he was like andrew you don't get it like you don't get it and you can't get it so i i understand that it's not the same in different cultures so um i i want to respect that that's that struggle i have a at a friend who came out to his parents Parents recently and it was really difficult for him to do even though he had also been had a boyfriend for a while yeah And one thing that helped him is i don't do you have any siblings
1: i have one older brother his Does name is know? darius oh yeah he knows like literally all my cousins my brother they all know they're like they've known for like the past 10 12 years they're like really chill with it
0: that's that's fantastic yeah they like um, don't care my my friend um because he had, he was white, but he had an extremely conservative dad, so he got um, his sister to kind of be there with him and help him. Mm. And I think having that support when you're doing that can really help too. So that might be yeah. well, maybe maybe you could loop your brother in and be like, hey, could you could you help be there with me when I do this? Uh, and just rip the bandaid off.
1: No, yeah, it's it's funny because like my brother sometimes will be there when my mom will bring up these questions, like, oh, where is so and so? And my brother will like, give me this look, like, mm? like you're going to tell her? Look. And I'm, like, and I'll, like, look back with this very sarcastic smile and be, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If- <laughs> 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 but my, my oh. brother my brother has really tried to help me. I think, like, a couple months after, what's the show called? I was going to say Moon Knight. Moon Knight is not the right name. Moonlight. 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 <laughs> like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. After my mom watched Moonlight, my brother texted me and said, hey, mom just watched Moonlight. She really liked the film and she really understood the characters. So I think right now, if you if you want to, you can come out to her.
0: Your brother sounds so supportive. Good on you, Darius. He is
1: very supportive. Imagine if I got the names mixed up and I didn't say Moonlight and I said Moonlight this entire time. <laughs> and my followers would have been like, what? <laughs> what movie moon- <laughs> are they watching? My brother is super that, supportive. And... That
0: is just such good allyship. Just having that support in your corner is so important. I really want to push you to come out to her. Maybe write yourself a deadline, like a t- a month, and that you have to do it by. Because I think that's when you'll get it done. If you like, and, and actually, this is this is like advice I will give that goes just beyond coming out. It's also good for like career stuff. It's like if you have a goal you want to accomplish, write it down and write down when you want to accomplish it by. And I feel like that that just helps by at in that yeah.
1: also um to add on to that make these these goals like attainable for example if, if your new year's resolution is i want to work out more that's so broad have like a, a more specific um quantifiable objective. yeah like i want to run two miles every week for the next month like that seems like attainable and then maybe like you know the next month make it
0: no, I'm giving you a look because you're deflecting. I'm giving uh, you a look because you're changing the subject.
1: Maybe one of the examples no, is, is, I will come no, up with my he right uh, No, he sees right through me. No. I don't want to talk about this. This makes me uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Well, what I will say is that this, um, just also expanding upon this, I think one of my pieces of advice for people who are in STEM and are gay is that you have more support than you think, um, and it's. Uh, grad, so I did grad school, right? I have my PhD. Um, grad school can be so isolating, and oh yeah, I think what made it even more isolating is you know I have these uh, basically coworkers, right? The other people that work in my lab who lead very different lives from me um some of them have long-standing relationships um they don't necessarily go downtown like I do like it's just a different personality and I think it's very easy it was very easy for me to assume like oh they're not going to be able to relate with me or like um they might judge me if they know I'm gay or if they know this is how I live my life Mm. right then I go to gay clubs and and like I, I felt like I had to present a version of myself to them
1: that was deep I feel you
0: yeah and I think that really can be you know my it's really interesting because Microsoft is like really really pushes like be authentic bring your authentic self to work and and now that I think back on it like I feel like some of the times I was oh man there's this one uh girl in my lab who like worked at the computer next to me um and I only sometimes worked in that lab but like at first we didn't talk that much and like then she uh at one point we talked about my improv and i invited her i was like well you can come to an improv show if you want and i didn't really think that she would come or enjoy it or like it and i think i had all these assumptions about like how she would react to my real then why'd need. you invite her <laughs> well i was kind of being polite and i didn't expect her to come and then she did and she really mm. enjoyed it and that's when we really started to like i like instantly had more of a bond with her and then mm. like another um <laughs> after being in the, my grad school lab for a while, I like decided to start telling some of the lab mates about this guy I was attracted to because yeah. uh, he was in the building and I was, and I, and like once I was able to start having those conversations and like actually be me, I felt so much more connected to my lab mates. Cause I was like, oh my God, this guy's so cute. And like, they would laugh (laughs) at me about it. They're like, oh, we saw you talking to him. You're so obvious. It's like your crush on him is so obvious. I was like, no, I speak subtle. They're like, no, girl, you were not, you know. (laughs) I feel like that really helps to be able to actually bond with, because it's hard to bond with someone if you're not presenting your real self to them. If you're presenting a fake version of yourself to them. um, In the book Velvet Rage, they call it splitting. Is when you like, when you like, don't when mm. you show like a fake version of yourself um and so yeah. as i said yesterday i i told my coworkers about my podcast for the first time and that felt very scary and it's like what i have nothing to be scared of that's just the real me like um so yeah, yeah, i think yeah. there's good reasons that we have these defense mechanisms of like of being cagey about who we are but I think when we find ourselves in the right environment, like, we can start to thrive more if we're more ourselves, so.
1: You're right. You're right. My um, my undergrad lab, all the guys, except for one um, PhD student, all the guys in my old lab were all gay. What? So, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I, I'm a liar. I'm a liar. And I, I didn't I'm, think that. No, no. I'm
0: of- reacting because I'm jealous. I've never... So that's what I say. It's like we're talking about representation and like under or being underrepresented in the field, and it's like it is getting better and stuff. But like I am often the only gay person in the room, mm. just like um, on my on my teams. Like especially as a as a data scientist, as a machine learning engineer, I really like, and that's that's a little bit more specific. But it's like such a profitable field right now, like machine learning. Yeah, and. I know basically no gay machine learning engineers. If you're gay and you're a machine learning engineer, hit me up at styre on fire.
1: yeah and and he is single. he is single. Are you single? You are single right? I' am single. When you're explaining that, it reminded me of this one comedian, Matteo Lane and he said, I love Matteo." I freaking love Matteo. you know that one bit where he's like, you know at every Starbucks there's always at least one gay person. If there's <laughs> one if there's one gay person, Shit gets done, whatever this, because they're like, you do this, you do that, you do this, you go get that, you. Do... But when there's multiple gay people at Starbucks that's working, they're like, Ugh, "What does she want?" And so, so I'm like, "That is so true." But my old lab, my old lab was not like that. It was not like that. It was very supportive, and my lab manager she called herself. I don't know. If this is problematic to say. She she called herself a fag hag, and it was because of my lab manager that. She created like this environment that we can just like be ourselves where there, there are actually a couple of days where I wore a skirt to lab because she would always give me like her hand-me-downs and we were the same body size and she would always give me like hand-me-down clothes and i would just show up, show up in lab, high heels and a skirt. And I'm sure I like violated a lot of um, OSHA codes or violations <laughs> and regulations, <laughs> but hey girl, I was feeling myself in the words of Beyonce and Nicki Minaj. I was feeling myself, feeling myself. And um she got me into to drag. We we talked about this on your podcast too. She got me into drag. Did oh, cool. drag for a summer. I was Miss Margaret Moon. For those that are listening, that's where I get my my Margaret character from. It's my drag persona. That type of environment really allowed me to be myself. And this was my sophomore year.
0: That's fantastic.
1: <laughs> when I interviewed for the lab, the the lab manager interviewed me. There weren't like any questions on like, "Oh, What's your past research experience or what do you know what to do? It was very informal. We uh, we went to this, there's like this little, this rundown apartment complex that was next to the lab building. I think UT, I guess, bought that apartment complex and each room is like assigned to a different lab. And so that apartment is now used as like a, a lab storage building. My lab manager, she like sat me down and she pulled out this clipboard on the clipboard. Is this black and white photo of like these group of girls? And then she was like, she points out one girl. She asks, Do you know this bitch? And I was like, I literally don't know who these people are. I felt like Kiki Palmer. I'd never seen this man in my life. And <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was a, it was a picture of the, the Heathers movie, the cast, and it was the main, the main actress. And I was like, I don't know who these people are. She's like, This is the cast of Heathers. And this, she's a bitch. <laughs> I was like, oh, like like her character or, or the actress? She's like, well, in the movie, she is a bitch. And in real life, the actress is also a bitch. And I was like, oh, so I guess no acting was required. Okay, cool. And then literally after that statement, she's like, Darian, you're in. And I was like, wait, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a, that's yeah. an unhinged interview. I was like, what? <laughs> What just happened? He said, okay, come on. Um, if you're free tomorrow, let's stop by the lab and I'll give you a lab tour. I was like, okay. <laughs> but anyway, that is how uh, I got involved in that lab. And I'm so glad I joined it because everyone in there was like gay. The first Tuesdays of every month, we would go to drag bingo. Now, I don't know if you're involved with like, wow. yeah, yeah, I don't know if you're involved with the drag scene in Austin, but the two drag queens that would host bingo, what's her name maven and lady grackle
0: i I, i'm more familiar with maven because i'm friends with valet ward and maven does a lot of stuff with valet
1: oh okay so the first time i ever performed in drag was at drag bingo lady grackle was in prison and so maven was hosting (laughs) like literal prison yeah literally literally she was in prison oh my god they generally host drag bingo together But Maven wasn't there. I'm sorry. Lady Grackle wasn't there. Hold on. I got a burp. Lady Grackle wasn't there. So Maven was just hosting bingo by herself. But I just happened to come in drag that day. So after we did our first game of bingo, Maven performed. And there's like a little intermission period. And during that intermission period, you know, I'm sitting with my lab mates. I'm in full drag. And Maven comes up to our table. She goes up to me and she asks, hey, Lady Grackle wasn't here today but and i'm always trying to help out another sister um since you're in full drag do you want to perform and oh my god yeah my and my whole lab I'm like yes you gotta perform you gotta perform and i, I was so nervous yeah, and I, I said guys yeah
0: I, I, I-, I love that she like reached out i was like i always want to help out another sister i love mm, anytime like we have like support in the community like that it really uh yes yes yes
1: i think it was in that moment where i was like this right here this is austin and I was so nervous. I looked at my my lab mates and I was like, I don't know, guys. I don't want to do it. They're like, Darren, you got to do it. You got to do it. And I told Maven, give me five minutes. Let me think about it. And I'll come back. If I do decide to perform, I'll give you the name of the song. Okay. And she's like, don't worry. I can just easily pull it up on Spotify. So then Maven walks away and my lab mates are, are encouraging me to perform. And I'm like, guys, I I don't know any songs. The only song that I really know, like the back of my hand is and I am telling you from Dream Girls by Jennifer Holliday, specifically that version by Jennifer Holliday. <laughs> and I like, didn't do it. So I, I went up to Maven and I told her, OK, I'm going to perform. And I am telling you by Jennifer Holiday. She said, OK. And after the intermission period, I got to perform. It was my first time performing in drag. And it was nerve wracking, honestly. It was just so fun. It was a very large audience. There are about like seventy attendees. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a lot. And they were oh. so supportive. They were just like handing me one dollar bills. And the the very climax of the song, I, I actually have a video of it. I'm performing ba, 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 ba.
0: What you what you can do is you can intercut the audio from the video Ooh, that you have. Okay, okay. And just, like play that and then like, yeah, you're cut right, right back.
1: Okay, so this part of the song. Swing my head forward like this, and then after that note, I swung it back, and I'm like doing this dramatic shimmy thing, and my wig falls off. And so you, <laughs> you see my my what's it called wig cap, and it, it just it just fits so perfectly. Everyone also knew that this was my first time performing in drag, so I think because of that, the the, the support, the camaraderie was just like times two. My I wig falls that. back, and after the whole performance, Maven thanked me, and I thanked her, and everyone clapped, and I walked back to my, my table with my lab mates. They were just so supportive, and they're like, oh my gosh, Darren, you did you did a really good really good job. When your wig fell off, that was such good timing. Like, Was that planned? And I was like, no, that was by accident, because I don't know what bobby <laughs> pins are. I didn't know what bobby <laughs> pins are, <laughs> and I didn't pin my wig back, and so it just like fell off. Maybe at some point, I'll, I'll show the video. On my personal Instagram, I've shown that video uh, on my story a couple of times but oh nice it's so freaking embarrassing
0: (laughs) it's like (laughs)
1: literally baby's first time in drag oh
0: that's so cute though and and it sounds like it was really fun huh
1: it was really fun and it was it was after that my lab manager i guess posted that on her instagram story or snapchat story or something she's friends with a lot of the local drag queens and that night just happened to be um like this amateur drag queen contest at rain.
0: I love rain. I love rain.
1: I I forgot the drag queen's name, but she messaged my, uh, she commented on my lab manager's story or whatever and asked, um, is she free tonight? She should perform. Ah. And I was like, I got nothing to lose. She said tonight, but tonight was actually like in two hours. And so I was like, well, we can just, (laughs) we can just finish eating here. We actually went to Walgreens and bought bobby pins. And then <laughs> right after that, we went to rain and we just hung out there until the, the show started. It was more of a competition. I was going up against like these like well-seasoned, not well-seasoned. Oh, my God. They're not food. Well, these with these like actual good drag queens. And um, there were like about four or five of them. And I am telling you, is the only song that I know. I performed that song again that night. But at the same time, like it's a very overdone song in the drag scene. Uh... I, I was still feeling the adrenaline from the the show f- earlier that day. And I think because everyone was everyone knew that it was my first time there. The, the support was high. Whereas yes. this second show, it's more of like people that take, I guess, drag performances more seriously. Yeah. They didn't know that this was my first time. And the person that went before me was really good. so my second performance uh i'm getting ready to perform the song plays but then the first five seconds i realized that the dj is playing the wrong version of and i'm telling you she's playing jennifer hudson's version and i don't know that version (laughs) i embarrassingly went up to the dj's little booth you know in the corner and it's like it's like up these stairs, and so you can see like just me walking up, and there's like this awkward like this audience is this like is staring so, at me. Yeah, this is like, so
0: Leah Michelle. It's so Leah Michelle. Being like, <laughs> this is wrong, and you need yes, to
1: I was pulling a Mariah, <laughs> but I was like, I think I was more like, oh my gosh, like you're playing the wrong song. Please, like, please, please play uh Jennifer Holiday. <laughs> she was like. You said Jennifer Hudson. I'm like, no, I said Jennifer Holiday. She's like, okay. So there's like this conversation happening while the the audience is looking at me, and I'm like, this oh is my god, so, this is so fucking embarrassing. Oh my gosh. And I think because of that song change, like I'm sure that the audience already had like a negative perception of me, and then I performed, and I'm not doing all these tricks and flips, yeah, of and course. you know, like yeah. these other queens, and they were so good. And so out <laughs> of all the performances. Like, mine was the worst. Like, honestly, mine was the worst.
0: But you were literally just starting out. Yeah, like, I literally was just second starting time ever performing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had a lot working against you. No, that that's tough. I mean, I do open mics all the time, and it's mm. it's so demoralizing when you have a set go really well one place and then, like, just not go well at all in a different place. It's, like, it's so – live performance like that can be so weird, especially, yeah. like, changing venues and stuff like that. And it's, like, when you're putting yourself out there, it's yeah. very cool.
1: Yeah. Looking back at it, I think it's so funny. Hey, it's like a good story to tell. That's the way that yeah. I think of a lot of like bad situations, bad scenarios. If things don't go the way you plan, it's okay. Because 10 years from now, you can look back and laugh at it. For and sure. so I, I definitely learned a lot from that moment. And I think it's so funny. And it was also fun. It was very fun. I got more involved with the drag scene after that. And then when I came down to Houston, I just kind of took a break from it. I say a break. It's been... For well, five years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ooh, that was loud. That was really loud. All righty. Andrew, thank you so much for being a guest on today's episode. Uh, do you have any advice for my listeners? Thank you
0: so much for having me. And yeah, I have. Buckle up, y'all. <laughs> That's a lot of advice. Well, Go for as we talked about, like, gay people are underrepresented in my field. So I really want to do what I can to, like, yeah, give advice. And I feel like a lot of your followers are probably people who are in like more specifically the bio field because that's the field you're in so some of y'all might be like me you might be in the bio field and realizing that you really like tech and interested in that so if you want to make that switch Mm. i have all the advice for you or even if you're not in the bio field and you're just in tech this also applies.
1: all the pis are quaking right now because they're like no my student (laughs) is gonna stay in academia how dare you pull them into industry this is these are the tips your pi doesn't want you to right know. It's, right <laughs> this video will leave pis quaking <laughs>
0: <laughs> basically okay so number one thing if you are doing a shift and you were in bio and you're trying to get into tech you have to downplay all your bio stuff so much on your resume which sucks really? because it's like you're gonna have all oh yeah 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 because like you really want to send a signal that you are dedicated to that field and that this is a field you want to be in? Because when I was first starting to try to make that switch and, like, get, go, go for internships that were more, like, tech-related, the companies would be like, is this what you want? Like, you know, because the, they're like, it sounds like you're more interested in bio stuff. And I'm like,
1: no, oh. I applied to this company for a reason.
0: Yeah, so, I see,
1: I see. That makes yeah, a lot of yeah. sense, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I really learned to, like, downplay that stuff and really try and bring out the stuff that was most relevant to the position, which is probably just good advice in general. Right. Yeah. You really want your resume to read like, Hey, this is the job that I want. Um, and so you have to like curate your resume for that. But that was such a thing for me. Um, and then if you can like take a CS class, I feel like you can learn so much just from your peers. Um, I had a, yeah. a peer named Josh who was like instrumental in helping me like pick up on all this stuff put GitHub on your GitHub link on your resume. That's mm-hmm. like a, a huge signal that like you're actually serious about coding. Um, mm. And then cracking the coding interview uh, do that's like the Bible for tech interviews. Cause tech interviews are so formulaic, but they're so, um, it, it's like taking a test and you have to study yeah. for it. Um, so oh. cracking the coding interview, I use HackerRank.com and I go through their practice exercises And then also be aware of what the – when when you're actually going for full-time jobs, there's a website I wish I'd known about called Levels.FYI that just, like, tells you for all the roles across all the major tech companies what that pay is and what that pay should be so you can know where you should fall. Wow. But one thing I wish I had done is I wish I had known for other PhD students what level most people get hired at or, like, where people get hired at for – um my specific field so really do your research and see if you can find someone because it's easy to make assumptions about like what you deserve or what you should get paid Mm, but if you can find other people who are have your experience who are in your field and find out like what the going rate is um yeah that's good yeah
1: really helpful within your fields is there like i guess with like some higher ups do they try to encourage their employees to not talk about like salary and wages
0: I think because F Y I exists, it's really mm. interesting because those, it's like all open knowledge pretty much. Mm. I think within your level. So if like someone knows your level, they can probably just like look up more or less what your salary is. And mm. there's some wiggle room within that. It's, I think it's always going to be an awkward topic of conversation of mm-hmm. like, how much do you make? Right. Um,
1: my old lab, my current lab, we talk about it like willy nilly, like how much are you getting paid? 31 (laughs) what i'm getting paid 33 how are you we need to talk about this like i think it's it's always important to openly talk about it because um sometimes our bosses don't want us to talk about it so that they can really try to pay less like make the most of their money you know and not pay their employees adequately but that's that's certain labs i guess
0: I, I like that we're moving towards more transparency in wages. I think that is very important, uh, mm-hmm. especially for the employees. <laughs> like,
1: Yeah. Slay.
0: Oh yeah. And then I did ask for a, I, I did negotiate my salary a bit. And so definitely ask for, uh, <laughs> ask for you can't really do it at, at the internship level, but mm-hmm. when you're going for full time, um, I didn't ask for a ridiculous amount more. Right. But you can ask for like a 2% increase or something like that. Like.
1: Yeah, I what I learned, just like in general, especially having agents, is always, always, always ask for more. Like, it doesn't hurt. Because at the end of the day, they will, if you're really good and they really want you, they will always try to negotiate the rate or the, the salary. So just do it. In the words of Nike, just do it. <laughs>
0: word, word. Yeah, and then I, I think another big piece of advice is apply for everything it's a oh, num- yes. getting a full-time job or getting any job is a numbers game when i my first like big get was when i got twitter as an internship now mm-hmm. i had done an internship the summer before and even that felt like a big get my first internship was at a startup in austin and uh called cerebrie ai and it was a lot of fun um and that's kind of how i started you know so i, I started out there and then, mm-hmm. but then the next summer i got twitter and like I, it still didn't yeah. feel real. Like I was like, "What? This big company wants to yeah. hire me?" <laughs> yeah, don't doubt yourself. And it's a numbers game. And just honestly, apply for everything. Uh, also, I think like it'll be silly sometimes. A company that like isn't as well regarded won't hire you, but a company that's higher, high like has higher regard will hire you because it kind of just depends on like what company has the positions open and that's going to change from season to season from year to year Mm -hmm. and so the best way to find that is just truly just apply 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 i when i got microsoft i applied to so many companies um sometimes i would set myself a rule of like i'm going to do it do an application a day
1: i i mentioned this before on on previous episodes but right after college i i knew i wanted to work in a lab as a research tech so i applied to about 50 positions and I interviewed for six and only received one one offer so and it never hurts to to apply and if you have to go through a lot of interviews I feel like the more interviews you go through you just kind of get get into the habit of understanding what the process feels like yes you feel you feel more you feel more comfortable and you don't get as nervous yeah the the one lab that accepted me I think I had already came in with like this like I don't care anymore you know let's just get this interview over with and that was actually the one where I actually got the position.
0: <laughs> I love that feeling when you're in an interview and you're like, "This is going well." Like you, yeah. you click. It's like you have that chemistry, and like I feel like you can really feel it. Yeah, that's what I both, but like both for Twitter and for Microsoft, that final interview where I was like, "Oh, I, I think this is going well." Like you know, it's yeah. like you feel that chemistry It's such a great feeling.
1: Either well, I sometimes it can go either way where you, you can be like, "Wow, that was like the best interview ever," but then on their end, they're like. That was the worst applicant ever. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I don't know, I've,
0: never, I've never had that. I've never had, I've never had an interview where it felt like I crushed it. And then I yeah. was like, extremely surprised. I mean, I had interviews where it's like, I think that went well. And then they rejected me. I was like, oh. But like, when I've same, really, same. really felt it, it's, never, it's like, yeah, it goes mm. the way I think it's going to go. And I think that's because they kind of, you can tell they're digging it.
1: Yeah. Recently, I had a, an audition for Brother the printing company, the computer printer company. I thought I crushed the audition. Like, I was like, Ooh, I feel good. Like, I think I did it. Like I, hopefully I get a call back or even get the role or whatever. And they're actually filming the, the actual commercial. This was months ago, but I know they're going to film the actual commercial next. No, next Thursday. And so um, I didn't hear back for a while. And then I, I, I emailed my agents and I was like, Hey, can you follow up with a uh, brother to see you? <laughs> kind of curious to see if I got it. And they're like, "Oh, they're still like in the process of of auditioning other people." And they're like, "How did it go with you?" And I'm like, "It went wonderful. Like I really hope I get it. I I don't know, I feel very confident." And then a couple of days later they emailed back. They're like, "Yeah. Um they're wanting to head in a different direction."
0: Yeah. Uh, and honestly, that may have had nothing to do with your performance uh or audition and everything to do with what they like they truly were like, "Oh, we're not going in that direction anymore. We ah. need to do for this, but we're not doing yeah, this yeah, anymore." Yeah. So
1: also, like, I feel like yeah. in this, I guess, content creator slash acting commun- theater community, I don't know, the same thing. You just have to audition. You have to do a lot of things, and you have to get used to rejection and failure, and don't take it personally.
0: Yes, yeah. Oh, I got so many rejections, and that's the thing. It just, especially for like landing a job, yeah, it just takes one yes. Yeah, I mean, actually, having two yeses, or at least having like two when i um When I negotiated with Microsoft, I was also still being considered by Twitter, and so mm-hmm. even though I didn't have an acceptance from Twitter yet, I was like that that certainly helps like having two offers is definitely better, but still like basically what I'm trying to say is all the failures and rejections you get does not diminish the power of the acceptance that you get, and so it's like that's something to go and in, go into thinking, yeah wow, you're
1: like Thanos." with like job offers you got twitter you got microsoft
0: uh, <laughs> watch out
1: tiktok watch out facebook snapchat <laughs>
0: it is it is pretty common for people in tech to switch jobs very early on that's just pretty commonplace that's, that doesn't always happen at microsoft like there are people who stay there longer yeah a lot of times people work will work three to five years and then switch job switch gotcha, jobs after gotcha. the um because that's just the most reliable way to get a big pay bump
1: gotcha gotcha that's really good advice thank you so much (laughs) all of this
0: if you are in uh if you want career advice and you have a question feel free to hit me up on you can hit me up on socials but like the most appropriate channel for this kind of inquiry inquiry is going to be linkedin um so that's uh linkedin.com slash a c s t i e r that you should be able to find me and if that doesn't work um You can uh, email me at Andrew, C-S-T-I-E-R, Andrew C. Steyer at gmail.com. And then if you want to follow me for uh, entertainment purposes or just follow my journey and connect, I would love if you follow me on Instagram or TikTok uh, or Twitter. And my handles on all three are at Steyer on fire. Um, And then uh, if you want to... um, follow the podcast yeah i was gonna say i'm waiting
1: i'm waiting for the rainbow i'm waiting for rainbow room plug in
0: because we spent a long time talking about it (laughs) the podcast is called rainbow room and hopefully it's one of the first things that comes up if you search it on um, spotify or apple podcasts or google podcasts and then you can also follow us on instagram at rainbow room podcast and then there's a link tree that will like link you to everything Mm. from there uh we also have a tiktok at rainbow room podcast and then the um uh, oh and then on twitter uh, on twitter we're at rainbow underscore room underscore i think those are my biggest things to promote just because that's like that's yeah. really my passion project right now also on my instagram i have a, a equivalent to a, a linked a linkedin that will kind of like have links to all my stuff yeah i have a youtube channel just kind of like all my little projects but that's gonna those are my main ones for sure. And then if you're in Seattle, come see a show at Unexpected Productions because I, I perform there. Yeah, hit me up. We'll we'll talk about the details. I would love to have you over. Like, you can stay with me or you can pregame with me. I live near the gay clubs here, so.
1: Okay, I sound kind of old, but I'm I'm not into drinking anymore. I. Sound... <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We have drugs. <laughs> joking, I'm joking. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of a grandma. I don't
0: I don't actually do I... drugs for the record. <laughs>
1: wait so you do like molly you do that's insane you do drugs that's so crazy. (laughs) but um thank you so much for being a guest on this i had such a great time talking to you i had so
0: much fun being here thank you so much i it's i love what you're doing here i love your mission of like helping people make sure that they're being treated well in lab and like and being aware of these issues, and I, yeah. and I hope some of the stuff I brought up can be helpful to you as well.
1: Of course, of course. Alrighty, thank you so much, and I hope everyone has a great day. I I, I hate ending these because I don't know how to end them. So, <laughs> bye! <laughs> bye, y'all. <laughs>